across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Welcome to Pat Hyben's Rockstars. That was my niece, Savannah, and I am here at Nickelodeon Resort. You can hear the mass amount of kids running around. We got slime today, quite the experience. We just got out of an episode of Double Dare, and now we're getting ready to get some pizza and hit the arcade. Anyway, so I got Lance Woodley on tap for you guys, and Lance is killing it in South Carolina. I uh, hope to be meeting him face-to-face and buying some rental properties from myself in the near future. So without further ado, guys, always remember that love is spelled T-I-M-E. And let's see what Lance has in store for us. Have a great Wednesday. I'll talk to you on Friday, Rockstar Nation. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Well, I have a neighbor on the phone, sort of my new home here in Folly Beach, South Carolina. And I have a daughter who goes to University of South Carolina and was lucky enough to get an agent that covers that area. Columbia, South Carolina covers a whole area called Midland, South Carolina. Mr. Lance Woodley is on the line. And Lance, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm uh, glad to be here with you. We've talked before, and uh, it's glad, good to hear back from you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, why don't you give our audience a little update on who you are, Lance, in case they didn't hear your last episode, uh, so they can get to know you better. Well, my name is Lance Woodley. I own South Carolina Homes and Land Realty here in the Midlands of South Carolina, and we cover the greater metropolitan area of Columbia, South Carolina, which is the capital of South Carolina. And uh, we cover three counties fully, and then we cover about three other counties partially. Our area, matter of fact, since the last time you and I talked, Pat, our area has expanded out. And, you know, it's expanded out, I I don't, I don't know if, this, if, if organic is the right term or whatever, but it's expanded without us uh, purposely putting a push there. Through our marketing and mainly radio and a little bit TV, people kind of outside of our base area it has been getting our advertising and hearing about us, and they've been calling. And now we're trying to figure out how to service them without adding, you know, too much additional expense. Yeah, well, that happens. I mean, because radio and TV is so broad, it's very hard nowadays, even with cable, to, like, try to dictate only to this city or only to this population. It's very broad, and uh, it's obviously working towards your benefit. Why don't you tell me, let's talk a little bit about your experience with radio and, and, and with television. Now, you're a member of Matt Wagner's group, Rate, Radio and Television Experts. Tell me how that works and what you're currently doing with it now. Well, for one thing, I tell you, Matt Wagner and his group are fantastic. Uh, they understand this process, and we you know, uh, the bigger part of our marketing budget is with them. 
you know, before I met Matt, I never thought about radio as a viable method of marketing my services, but it has done very well. It draws in the buyers. I was just at a little a town meeting for Casey. The Casey is a little 58,000 person city within the greater metropolitan area of Columbia. I was at that meeting and there was uh there wasn't a lot of people it was uh, you know the people that were invited there to the meeting were kind of like top dog kind of people. Yeah. Um and uh so it wasn't like one of these meetings where they invite all the realtors in the area where maybe you know, a thousand or five hundred will show up. There was probably less. I mean, there was definitely less than fifty, maybe less than forty people there. And the guy sitting next to me, when we were wrapping up the meeting, I said, uh, "You know, which company are you with?" and everything. And he said, "I said, well, you know, I'm Lance Woodley." And he said, "Oh, I know who you are. You're a celebrity, man. I mean, I hear you on the radio all the time." And I, I mean, you know, of course, that made me feel very good. But the best thing about it is that it uh, creates an activity that brings in clients that can create revenue that drops to the bottom line to make you a profit. There you go. There you go. So so on that note, so how much are you spending currently uh, on a monthly basis on radio and television? You know, my budget is higher than some, but not as high as others. Uh, but it's a budget that's going to grow as I add to my team. Right now, I'm spending 10000 bucks a month or so on radio and TV, probably a little bit more. Uh, we're trying to control it so we don't get ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. because I do need you know team members that are trained and ready to take every lead. You know how it is. If you produce a lead but you don't convert it, you're wasting time. Yeah, so, uh, so, so for ten grand a month, how many listing appointments are you getting, do you think? Okay, you're okay. You're going to really tax my mind here, Pat. Uh, last year, we listed almost 300 homes, mm, uh, wow. whatever that breaks. So, 36 a month or so. Yes. Uh, and we're looking at methods now to tie into you know that the branding that we've created uh, methods to uh, I mean simple little things you know like when we list a property send out a postcard to five or ten neighbors right around. You know, when we do an open house, go knock on a couple of doors and say, hey, just want to let you know we're doing open house. Things like that. Uh, call an expired. And the example I'll give you is uh, one of my agents called an expired you know, a couple of weeks ago, and they were kind of like blah, blah, blah. But when she mentioned, you know, I'm with South Carolina Homes and Land Realty, the Lance Woodley team, she suddenly said, Oh, you're with the Lance Woodley team, and we actually got the appointment set up because you know the branding helped us step apart from from the pack. Absolutely, absolutely. Like chapter five of my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, I say build build on a success up, not from the ground up. So if you're building on a success up, meaning um, you've listed a home in the in the neighborhood, or they recognize your name, or you know, you can use your name over and over again or use Lance Woodley's name over and over again. It's going to be building on a success up. It gives you that, makes it that much more easier for your agents. Exactly, Pat. Uh, That's, you know, that's exactly it. And it's about putting it in a system that has worked on a consistent basis. And it's something that we're 
right in the middle of. If you called some of my peer, uh, you know, like in the rate group, some of my friends that you probably have talked to, like Mark Z in Detroit, I mean, that guy's just dynamic. I mean, he's maybe a light year or two ahead of me. But, you know, it's about setting up these systems that gets this information out. And, you know, it's in a, in a system is just either a program or a person that is doing a certain thing in a certain way on a continuous basis. And if we do that correctly, it you know, the expansion can be exponential. Yeah. Now, I noticed on the same note, you know, you don't just use your cur- your commercials for just the radio. For instance, right now you're running a commercial with Barbara Corcoran. And Barbara has some things to say, and they show some videos of you guys together, blah, blah, blah. You put that on TV, but then you also put it on radio. Then I noticed when I was on hold for you for this call, I heard it on your hold message. And then when I was doing a little more research earlier today, I noticed that there were some press releases. It says Barbara Corcoran endorses Lance Woodley. So here you've used it in about five different ways when it's when its original intention was just a TV commercial. Yes, we you know it's it's about branding. You know how it is. You brand well, people tend to call you. So you don't have to go out knocking so much on the doors, but you still have to have, you know, that's why we're working hard now on uh the uh developing the team but also training the team and having tools that allows them to convert well. Because, you know, if somebody calls up to your office and they're excited because they've heard you on, you know, a celebrity talk about you, whether local or national, or they've heard your own voice or something like that, but then they get a blah, blah, blah on the phone, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'll talk to you later. So it's got to be the, you know, it's follow through. It's like in sports, you know, uh, and, you know, in golf, you know, they, and I'm, believe me, I'm not a good golfer, so I'm not saying, I'm not using that example because I am, but, you know, when you swing, it's that follow through. You know, you don't stop right when you hit the ball, you go all the way over the shoulder, you know, and yeah. that's when you yeah. get the best hit, you know. Right, that's a, and, that's a uh, great so analogy. It's, so it's, you know, that, you know, it's a marriage between marketing and sales. Mm. I've come to learn, or at least, you know, I, you know, at least this is the way I'm thinking about it. And I'm not just, I didn't come up with this. I've been, you know, I, if from our last conversation, I read constantly, I search, I'm on the internet. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm, I'm remaining a student of real estate and a student of marketing and sales. And marketing is about generating leads. Sales is about converting leads. So if you have a happy marriage there between the two, you're going to have a very successful business and you're going to have a business that grows. That's great. I I love that quote. Marketing is about generating leads. Sales is about converting leads. I visualize a little post on my Instagram page with your face with that quote on it. That's a, that's a great one. I <laughs> love it. Do, I Pat. love it. Please yes. do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell me, okay, so almost 40 listings a month are coming into the Lance Woodley team. Tell me about the systems that you have set up and what is working for you with regards to building those systems and, and operating those systems. Well, I tell you, one of, one of the things that I'm, I, I guess, excited about is, is actually growing the team. Now, I tell you, this is something, Pat, you know, is one of those things that sounds so easy, but it is so hard is to let go. When you, 
when you have been raised in this business as a salesperson, and I became a salesperson first, and I became a student of sales. And I, you know, I really, frankly, I think of myself as one of the best salespeople around. If I get in front of somebody, they're going to sign up with me, uh, pretty much guaranteed. I mean, and, mm. and literally it happens. If I sit down with someone, 90-plus percent of them say, okay, Lance, we're going forward with you. Why? Uh, but to grow a real business and all, you've got to kind of, you know, you've got to train the other agents and you've got to give up that a little that bit. That control, yeah. Them. And you got to yeah, realize there's a difference between sales and management or sales and leadership. I think that's where a lot of us go wrong is we don't have an actualization or, or a grasp that leadership and sales are completely different. Management and sales are completely different. You may or may not be good at all three. You may only be good at the sales, which is fine. That's where you need other people. And therein lies systems and operations. You know, I have finally gotten to that point over the last year where I am I, I am at least in the process of letting that go. I take fewer and fewer appointments myself, and I was encouraged about, I don't want to bring his name up over and over again, about a year and a half ago in a little meeting in Manhattan with Barbara Corcoran, Mark Z was there, and I asked him, "How many are you still the head listing agent? How many people do you tend to meet with on a weekly basis? And, it, and, and I, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but what I remember from that conversation is he's, said, uh, I I'm, I'm meet with no clients anymore. They're all taken care of by the agents, you know. I am running the company now. And, you know, that's the, uh, I'm in the middle of that process of transferring from being a, you know, an agent also to just being the CEO of this company. So, so what struggles are you having with, let's say, listing agents currently? What struggles are you having? How are you doing it right? How are you doing it wrong? How are you stepping out of that role? Well, one thing is I have a couple of dynamic listing agents that really can do it as good as me, or I feel comfortable with them. When they, since they get the marketing, they, they have a good feeling about us already. They're, you know, committing to us almost, you know, halfway in their mind anyway. And then I have a couple, uh, the, the, I guess the, the thing about when bringing new agents on that become listing agents, it's about helping them to understand some of the technical parts of setting up a property. And what I mean about that is about how to really price it and how, you know, what things in the property need to be adjusted. Because, uh, for instance, one house, you know, this, we have a simple little system that we go by, and I think most rate members would uh, echo the same thing in one fashion or another, but it's uh, uh, marketing plus merchandising plus pricing. Those are the three areas that we have to get right. We have to expose it correctly to the greater number of buyers. We have to have the property looking great or is at least as great as that property can look. So it actually, and then we have to get professional photographs and also it really shines on the internet so i mean it's attractive so it pulls in those particular buyers and then we have to have a pricing system that works and a pricing system has to do with two things you know how are we going to adjust this price or improve this price if we're not getting the activity that we want and how are we going to start with this price where is the starting point 
I'm a numbers guy. My degree was in accounting. Uh, calculus, statistics in college was like fun to me, believe it or not. That sounds kind of weird. I know to a lot of people, but I actually enjoyed the classes. And so that was easy to me, but I understand a lot of people aren't number people and, and it's a little intimidating. So that is, I guess, part of the training process that we're working hard on because, you know, what I tell all my agents is, we don't list houses. We sell houses. Mm. Uh, so when I put them on the market, I want them to sell. Right. I don't of course. want to just have a lot of signs sitting out there. Yeah, of course. Of course. So what are you doing to ensure? And by the way, I love your marketing plus merchandising plus pricing. I mean, it's so logical. I love that analogy. But what are you doing to ensure your, your listing agents are pricing these things right? Because it's so easy for agents, especially weak agents. I'm not saying your listing agents are weak. I'm just saying that's the fear of a huge rainmaker is that their agents are going to be weak. Um, uh, a sign of a weak agent is they under they overprice because they're afraid they're going to lose the listing if they don't go with what the seller wants in price. So how are you, Lance Woodley, ensuring that your people are not only collecting as many listings as they possibly can, but at the same time collecting listings that are going to actually sell? Well, one thing is uh, one of the things that we have been working hard on over the last I mean, months, I mean, five, six months, is I hired a, uh, he's not an official partner of the business, but I think of him in, in that way as a partner, a sales manager. Now, he also, uh, and it's uh, we do this for two reasons. For one, because he can earn more money himself, but so he can really understand the process in this area, but basically an agent manager that is responsible for helping me to develop this training tools and and getting with every new agent on an ongoing basis, on a continuous basis, to train on how this is. And then what we do is we're having a sales meeting every Friday, and it's and I tell everybody that comes to that sell all my agents, I tell them this is going to be redundant. You're going to start seeing the hearing the same things over and over and over again because really when it comes down to it, it's only a handful of things that they really need to learn re really well in order to, you know, to do this successfully. And one of the things we go over is comps, you know, how to comp a property, how to look at it. The other thing is how to really look at the property itself. Now, one thing that I would like to do that I haven't done yet because, you know, some people just have that talent. I have one of my members of my team, and she helps me with the investor clients we have, and her and I even do flips together ourselves. We're uh, renovating a house in a nice area of town right now that we're flipping but she is a designer by trade. I mean, she has that talent. Some people, uh, now I can walk into a house and tell people what they need to do. Uh, we listed a house about a week ago in, in an area that is not the greatest area in Columbia and uh, things like that. But because we told them what to do up front, and we even helped them with our own contractors, within two days we had two offers on the property and we sold it at full price. Wow, and we and we listed it top dollar for the neighborhood. So one, you know, what you know, ideally, what would be great is if I had 
some kind of interior decorator or something that would go to every listing and go through the property and say you have to do this and this and this. I don't have that right now. So we're having to try to train the agents how to look at the houses through the eyes of today's buyers. And frankly, some of them, Rachel or Nicole or even me, I tried to not do it, but there there is one I'm doing tomorrow night that I have to go out and walk through also. But we try to be honest with these buyers and another part of our service, which makes it easier. And when we tell, a, I mean, when I, I said buyers, I meant sellers, when we tell a seller that, you know, you need to correct this and this about the house, uh, oftentimes they're like, well, I'm willing, but I don't, you know, who, who, what. Right as we're talking, I'm getting a text from a lady that lives several states away. They have an expensive home in town here that needs uh, some adjustment to it to make it really sellable. You know, she's telling me on the text that she wants to move forward. We need to have that house looking great so that we can put it on the market. It will sell fast for top dollar. And so that's part of the program, and we have contractors ourselves that we can help. So basically you're willing to go the extra mile and and to do as much as you can with regards to the presentation of it or the merchandising of it. Okay, so tell me about your team. Like, How many people do you have on your team now? There's 10 people on the team. We have three people that run their own business through the company. So there's 10 agents on the team now, including me. And what about and, over, what uh, about office staff? I have uh, basically three office staff. Uh, and how many and settlements are you doing? We're, uh, last year, we closed about 170 homes, and we manage about, and we do the property management, and in this, the whole group, that includes that too. Uh, we manage about 100 homes. So that's interesting because if you're listing 30 to 40 a month, but you're only settling 170, including buyer sales, and maybe only one in three of your listings are actually selling. Is that is that about right? Well, uh, last year in the market here, only about one in three listings did sell. Wow. Uh, we are doing a little bit better than the average. And unfortunately, I don't have my exact numbers in front of me, but we are doing, it's a little bit better than that. Why do you think Uh, that is? Is that just a a market type of thing or has it always been like that? Columbia is kind of, it's a steady eddy kind of thing. The properties, when the sellers will listen to us and, you know, do the things that need to be done and price within the range and stick to the pricing policy, then they seem to go quick because... Uh, about half the properties that we sold last year sold in 30 days, sold rather quickly. The ones that we had struggles on, we tended to know what the struggles were, but it's it's an issue of getting clients to, I guess, price it, you know, understand right. I mean, it, understand. and go with the program. Because bottom line is, you know, it it doesn't matter what you bought your property for a few years ago or before the market crashed, what matters is what is the value today? What is selling today? What's the competition today? And some people are just unwilling to accept that. Now, I have a a friend of mine in the industry uh, that is with the rate group also that he is very tough on it. He will, I mean, they have to be correct right up front. I must admit that we give a little bit. If they want to overprice a little bit, I'm not going to, I mean, if they're way overpriced, I'm not just, I'm just not going to do it. But if they, if they, you know, when they do want to push it on that high end, 
what I try to get them to agree with is just to stick with our pricing program, which is pulling it down 2% or so a month. So every 30 days, if we don't have a contract, let's not overly overly think it, just chop it down. 2% a month. So if they're on the market at 200000 that would be $4,000 a month until it sells. You know, exactly. I, and I, you'd be surprised how many times we have adjusted a $300,000 property or so. I, I had one last year. We had it at 554 and we moved it to 549 and had two offers come in. And then this, this kind of thing happens often enough that I know it's not just a coincidence. It's not just that you know, the people popped up at that time. Well, I like uh, I like how you get it in writing, how, how you're conscious of, okay, 2% a month until it sells. You know, there's kind of a phenomenon going around now as, as in some of the more expensive parts in California. They're having what they call reverse auctions. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. So reverse auction is, is just like it sounds. It's not an auction. Instead of bidding it up, you, it kind of goes down. So what happens is, you take a house worth, say, two and a half million, and uh, you drop it fifty thousand a month, or fifty thousand a week, or fifty thousand a day, whatever you decide, until it sells. Now the seller can have a reserve. He can say, you know, my reserve is one point five or whatever. But the idea is that all the buyers looking at it or, or that have looked at it over time know that every week, let's say it's dropping 50000 So they have to figure out at what point are they going to strike where in other people won't strike that same week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of has the same effect mentally as auctions do where you're afraid you're going to lose it. Right? Because it's such a great deal, you're afraid you're going to lose it. Everyone at an auction thinks they're getting a good deal, even though usually at auctions, the only one that gets a good deal is a seller. But it has the same effect psychologically, where it's going down, down, down. If you really did like that house, honey, when it hits 1.3, we should jump, or when it hits, you know, whatever. And so they drop it 50 grand every week or every month until it actually sells. It's called a reverse auction. You know, I I love the way you describe that because that's a basically the same thing we do. And I thank you for that for saying it that way because it now gives me another way to say it to sellers uh, because that's exactly what we're doing. You know, every time you take a little step down, no matter how much, for one thing, there it creates a, a psychological effect of people that have already seen it. We had a house last year that was over two hundred thousand. We dropped it $3,000, less than a percent and a half, and some people that had been in it already three times, the next day after dropping the price, they made a full price offer. Yeah, because um, it, it's what they call a worry price. Howard Britton yeah. used to always call it the worry price, and the seller would say, well, what's the worry price? And you say, well, the worry price is a price where you have to worry someone else is going to buy it. Exactly. And and the other thing is that every time we adjust the price, and we like to think of it about improving the price, it you know, all these systems are set up with these auto you know searches or these auto alerts. And so when we drop down into that newer price, even if it's only a couple thousand dollars, it hits a new batch of buyers that are looking in that price range. So it's emailed out to them. And we also send out an e-flyer to all the agents in the area every time we make an adjustment. 
So it's just kind of like reminding them over and over again, okay, now it's this, now it's this, you know. And if the house really looks great, and, of course, with our systems, the way it's set up, if they're searching, I don't care what website they're on, Zillow or whatever, if they're putting in those parameters, they're going to see the house. We're going to have it set up correctly. We're going to have it professionally photographed, so it's going to get their attention. It helps to separate them from the pack, and then they sell. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Lance, I can see why your business is exploding and my uh, genuine hopes are that you do continue the process of taking yourself out of the business and delegating more and more because that is certainly uh, the way to be your friend is right there and on a side note definitely listen i have a bunch of properties at university of maryland college park and like i said my daughter goes to usc so tell one of your agents they found a good (laughs) rental property at usc i I've seen the rents that I'm paying for her, and, and I might want to get in on that business. So keep me in mind for that, would you? You know, I tell you, Pat, I wish I had known this just a month ago. We listed a house in one of the most popular areas of town, walking distance from USC, Shandon. I don't know if you know the area. We put the property on the market. Uh, it was a fixer-upper uh, for one thirty ish or so. Uh, in the day, we had five or six offers on it. <laughs> uh, one of our investors bought it and is renovating it now. And we're thinking, and we're, we're thinking in the area of 250 to 300 to put it back on the market at. So it's another growing part of my business where we're, you know, helping people and we're doing it ourselves. We're well, maybe, property. maybe I'll buy it from him. What is it? Uh, a rental property? I wouldn't know. Well, he's fixing it up to sell it to a, a person, you know, a couple buying a house to live in. To, got it, you know, got to it, the, yeah. The homeowners. I mean, of course, you could buy it and rent it out or whatever, but it would, you know, of course, then it's a different yeah, price range yeah, yeah. and a different person you're looking for. I, I like to uh, buy them and make every room in the house a bedroom. What you need to do, okay, you uh, <laughs> Yeah, email me later about that, and I can I can help you with that if you're serious. But but anyway, uh, we're excited about the business. We're excited about real estate. We're excited about the growth in the Midlands, even though we're not a, you know, San Francisco. We're not a Boston or something like that. But the Midlands of South South Carolina is a great area. You know, we're a university town, and there's a lot more culture and things to do that then would usually be available in a, a town our size, a city our size. Let me start saying city rather than town. Uh, we're expected in the greater metropolitan area to reach a million within a year or two here, within a couple of years uh, to reach a million population. Uh, but we have the University of South Carolina, which is a major university, and there's art galleries and there's great restaurants. We're only, as you know, two hours from the beach and historic Charleston and beautiful beaches. We're an hour and a half to two hours to the mountains, to Asheville, North Carolina, which is, you know, a really artsy town with great restaurants and the Biltmore Estates and things like that. So, and we've got really great weather. I've only had to wear my overcoat maybe three or four days this year. And so great area to move to, great area to live in, and there's a lot to do and we're growing. Sounds good, Lance. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming back on the day. I wish you the best luck and have a great day. Thank you, Pat. Great talking to you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. 
These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how to's, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>